All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life, your favorite show, your favorite podcast, your favorite hosts. We are here. Don't be alarmed. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Van Nugan with us today. How are you, brother? I'm fine, and the church is fine, too. Dayspring <laughs> Reformed Church. We're just glad that uh, we have uh, a chance to participate in this. In the best uh, show ever? In, in this show, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes then, it makes you wonder if we have the wrong person. <laughs> oh, definitely. You definitely Opening do. up in the show, but, you know, we love Josh. <laughs> mostly. We, mostly. He usually I, puts us on the spot. He really does. But that's okay. I'm Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church. It's good to be with you this morning. We do um, hope that maybe that this isn't the best show, but that it's a good show for you. Don't undersell us, man. That it's a good show for you each morning that you hear at least us point you back to the good news of the gospel, that it it grounds you in God's word, that it refreshes your soul, challenges your thinking, um, encourages you in your faith, that it, it just provides hopefully just an extension of what your good church that you go to is also doing yes now can you say his last name no that's that's why i didn't introduce him so yeah i i I think i saw the wheels turning in your head i thought about it and said (laughs) i'm not going there uh special guest host today with us pastor matt masevich yep yes that's the best yet uh, from Sovereign Grace Christian Fellowship. Glad you're here today. Thank you. Good this, to be here. This, you've, been, you've done really well. Oh, I'm thank sure, you. I'm sure we'll get letters like from, I'm the, sure. from the two listeners that we have saying, man, that, that guy was well, great. probably picked it's, up a couple more. It's probably, yeah, probably my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have been going through questions kind of related to evangelism and apologetics. Um, today's question is, how can I tell others about Jesus in a manner that is non-threatening yet convincing? How can I tell others about Jesus in a manner that is non-threatening yet convincing? What would be a threatening way of telling someone about Jesus, <laughs> I guess, would be a good question to ask. Well, I've, I've watched this. This is those that, um, those that get in other people's faces. Um, With like a bullhorn? Yeah, I, I was up at the, the Winter Carnival or whatever it was at McCall a couple years ago. And there was a guy that was, I mean, he would say he was doing street evangelism. I would say he was doing street bullying. Um, he aggressively was going after people that were walking by. I mean, I'm a minister of the gospel, and basically he was telling me I was going to hell. And I'm like, wait, what are you doing? How is how is this anywhere remotely close to what Jesus Christ is, and 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 what do you think you're accomplishing? Um, that would be a, not, a a threatening way where you're proclaiming quote unquote truth, but doing so um, in a manner that lacks love, that um, is just an assault on the the personhood of of those that you're interacting with. So I think I've watched, unfortunately, too many times those that aggressively share the gospel. So there's um, no grace in the proclamation. And if it's not born out of a place of love, then I guess that's what you're going to get. Yeah. No, and that's what I'm, I think maybe is what's behind this question. I think the gospel itself is threatening. Um, so I think there is a way in which the proclamation of the gospel is going to be a threat to somebody because it really is um, causing them to come to re- the reality that they need to die to themselves. Yeah, it's an offense. So if we add our own offense to it, 
then we're not doing ourselves any favors. But one of the things that I've read, you know, a couple of years ago, I preached all the way through the book of Acts. And um, I was actually surprised that Paul gave his personal testimony three times in the book of Acts, three mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. and to different audiences. And so I think one of the most non-threatening ways that we could proclaim the gospel is start by saying, you know, there was a time in my life when I was not walking with Christ. I had no hope in the world. And I heard the gospel and then proclaim what the gospel is. And yeah, he used, he used his testimony as kind of a jumping off point. Sure. Like he didn't just make it about himself. Yes. He, he, didn't, he didn't say that his changed life was the gospel. Rather, he used that as a starting point, and then he went into what Jesus did, that he, he, he sent Paul to turn people from the, the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom That's of light, right. that they might yep. repent of their sins and find forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is risen and reigning now. So well, he didn't stop at his testimony. That's where he started. So yeah, no, we, yeah. we shouldn't give the pretense that, that we are somehow sinless ourselves either. And I think that will uh, help other people realize that you've struggled with some of the same issues. Um, this is how yeah. you've found um, you know, a way of dealing with that through the forgiveness that is given to us and offered us in Christ and the, and what he's told us. I was thinking of um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ." I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. You know, the idea is that, um, you know, what we're doing, we want to do it uh, with purpose, um, but we also want to be careful that um, we're shining as a light in that society rather than just going around grumbling and complaining against it. Mm. I grew up in a a culture, maybe, a church that – in the presentation of the gospel, um, it felt a lot like uh, life insurance and the fact that they were trying to, quote unquote, scare the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty... It's not the best motivator. It is a, a proper motivation, but it's not the best one. Um, and so that was kind of the starting point. Like... Mm-hmm. Kind of start leading with you're going to hell. Um, do you want to go to hell? Well, let me tell you how you're not going to go to hell. Um, and that feels a little bit um, aggressive to me in how to to share the the good news of the gospel. Not that that's not part of the gospel message. I mean, there is something they're yeah. being saved from. They're being saved from sin, and the result of that sin is the wrath of God and the judgment of God. So that is part of the message. Um, but there was something about how um, that <laughs> leading with that felt like it was um, unnecessarily put offish. Um, and maybe you guys don't agree with this. Well, I think that if it's followed, and I know what you're—I know what you're talking about because I kind of grew up in a similar environment. And I think it's followed. Now do this, and you'll be safe from that. Mm-hmm. But then enter the checklist. You're right. And then um, what ends up happening is you have a a lordless um, kind of Christianity. An easy believism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I literally, I literally was sharing the gospel with a guy that 
clearly from his own admission on how he was living and what he was doing was not a believer, clearly. Mm -hmm. And I shared the gospel with him and he said, well, I did that. I did that. And so I pressed him on that. Well, what do you mean? And, um, you know, he repeated a prayer once. So he's good. I'm good. You know, and I realized, wow, we did that to this guy in in the way that we shared the gospel with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was saved not by Christ, but he was saved by what he did. It's a slight mm-hmm. difference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But that's it's all the difference in the world. Yeah. And and yeah. And I'm afraid that sometimes they they say that prayer because we scared them into it. Yeah. That well, naturally we don't want hell. I want heaven. So right. if I say this this prayer, I won't get hell. I'll get heaven. But where was Christ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where was Christ in that whole communication and and presentation and and dialogue well i used to give my life to christ every single saturday night when i would go to the saturday you know rock concert service with a message from the pastor every single saturday i would give my life to jesus and now as i look back it was my own personal rome is what it was you know it was just like doing the penance going to the confessional i mean i wasn't trusting in christ i was just doing the things yeah well, there's not a whole lot of difference between the first time we repent of our sins and the second, third, fourth, fifth, hundred thousandth time. It's the same thing. That you know, we're told to repent and believe that, but how we get there is, um, you know, in our communication of that with other people. For instance, uh, the other day we mentioned Acts 17. You know, Paul. Uh, witnesses things at in at Mars Hill uh you know people are somewhat religious but they don't but they don't know about God the God of the Bible he begins to explain who this God is mm-hmm. um he has this conversation with him finally he gets to the point where he he says you know that uh, you know they're to repent and believe because God has fixed a day when he's going to judge the world in righteousness mm-hmm. that is part of the message you know that's not the beginning of the message that's the end of the message and then it and then we're told that some believed you know some believed after that uh, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, "We will hear you again about this." Yeah, you know, and some of them believed. So. Yeah. So um, I do like um, Ray Comfort's kind of way of the master model because what he does is he walks through the law. So he, he's he's you know famous for doing like straight evangelism, and I, I'm in total support of that. I'm only in ba- I, I'm only against bad straight evangelism. Amen. Um, but I don't think it's the only method. So like in Acts 14, Paul visits uh, Lystra. And after they see Paul heal this guy through the power of the Holy Spirit, they they say, oh, the gods have come down. They called uh, Barnabas Zeus and Paul they called Hermes. Um, and then they went to go sacrifice these offerings to him, and Paul stopped them in the middle and said, "Men, what are you doing? We also are men of like nature with you. We bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God." And then here's how he kind of pr- proves, in quote, God. He says, "This God made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them." In past generations, he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good 
by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And so in other words, Paul's approach was pointing to the common grace that God has given. Yes. And he says, look, human happiness is a proof that God is good and that he made all things. And that's kind of what he he kind of ends the conversation with, but that's the way that he kind of evangelized these people. Well, he moves the praise uh, the praise of men off of himself and redirects it to God. And, and too often people will, uh, they go about doing their good works so that they can receive that praise rather than right. redirect it. Yes. I think there's a relational aspect to how we interact with other people that so often is missing. And so here you have, you know, people have talked you guys have talked about Acts 17, Acts 14, and, and you notice that Paul is using different methodology. Mm-hmm. But it's because of the relational aspect of the moment. Right. It caused him to, to respond differently, to present differently. Um, and I would just always encourage people to remember the human element um, of, of the moment that you're in. Um, I've been a coach for 25 years. There are kids that need a good swift kick in the butt, and there's other kids that need an arm around the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so some people might need the "Do you want to go to hell?" type approach. They might, and some might need more of a um, approach, like you were mentioning with the Apostle Paul, uh, pointing to common grace. And and you kind of have to read the situation and read where they're at, and and even ask them where they're at. Yeah, but you no. Know? And and say it in such a way that it, it comes across that you know the moment that you're in. Yeah. That it's not just to the Jew I became a Jew. Yeah. It's not just meaningless rhetoric. You you show that care. And that you care and they're not just a project. That's right. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. Don't forget about our upcoming conference, Boise Reformation 2022. Wow, so awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas coming up October 21st and 22nd. The theme this year is on the church. If you go to reformationboise.com, you can register for free. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.